Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. One of my favorite scriptures is over in Romans chapter 8. And I believe that God wants to encourage you with these verses tonight. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Now listen. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is, uh, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Say, more than conquerors. So in all, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So right from the outset tonight, we need to set fear aside and we need to embrace the agape love of the Heavenly Father, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He wants to visit you personally tonight with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And some of us have been a Christian uh, for 50 years and we have 51 year experiences. What we need to do is set all of that aside and come before the God and say, God, I want times of refreshing. This is not the season to go to Jacob's well and look for the same old, same old. Come on, church. This is the season for us to look for the living Christ who can give us living water because out of our belly is to flow rivers of living water because of the Holy Spirit. God needs us to want him more than anything else. We're going to have to embrace submission. We're going to have to walk in perseverance. Thirdly, we're going to have to overcome some barriers. Look at verse 9. Back at John chapter 4 and verse 9. Here's what it says. The Samaritan woman said to him, Who is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. 
And so really the Samaritans, they were called mongrel Jews. And we don't experience the impossible because we stop at the improbable. And so you may have all kinds of barriers. You may feel that there are some things that are keeping you from intimacy with God. I want you to know and I want you to to clear up something today. God is jealous to have a relationship with you. He wants you to want him. He, He is ready. He's standing ready for you to reach out to him. And he is jealous for you to want to spend time with him. The secret to intimacy with God is to want him more than anything else. The secret to intimacy with God is to be in right standing with him, not perfection, but simply being innocent, being in right standing before a holy God. There was a doctrine we used to teach long ago. It was called sanctification. Anybody heard of that doctrine? Paul said, keep on being filled with Holy Spirit. And so here was Jesus sitting at the well. She was of a different culture. But he still embraced her. And he still is embracing you and I today. No matter what our station in life, no matter what we have done or what we have not done, the beautiful gap. The beautiful concept of agape love is he continues to love us. Number four, you're going to have to ask. And so when we continue on in our story, we look at verse 10. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. What what I'm really excited about in this church and the leadership of this church is they don't want Jacob's well, they want living water. There's There's a thirst for more. There's a thirst for living water. But as the scripture says, we have not because we ask not. I I wanna come back to that expression of faith because if you believe, then you can come and you can simply ask of him. One of the secrets of being filled with Holy Spirit is in the asking. And so when you come tonight and you want more of God, maybe it's, maybe it's not, uh, maybe you've already received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, but tonight you want more. And so you come and I want you to know that it's found in the asking because There's a living water for us. James 4, 2, you want something, but you don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. This whole weekend is about asking. (laughs) This whole weekend is about coming before him and saying, God, this is what I want from you. He will give you the desires of your heart. He will give you the inheritance. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about serving God wholeheartedly. The things that you're pursuing 
without God often are, are just like a carrot. It's held in front of you and you can never quite reach it. But I want you to know when you serve God wholeheartedly, he has made you and he has put those desires within your heart. Listen, listen to me tonight. Those desires and passions that you have, everything that you want, that is God ordained within you and he will break through in your life if you'll serve him with everything that you have. He wants to give you your inheritance. He wants you to be fulfilled. I'm going to let you in a little secret. He wants you to have fun tomorrow when you go to work. Come on. Folks, if we as Christians are not having fun in our life, do you know, do you know this? You can actually have fun in retirement. Really? Yes. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And there is nothing like standing before the holy God and knowing there's nothing between myself and my Savior. One of the songs I understand that's already on the list is one of my favorites. And I hope we get to sing it. You can have it all, Lord. Mm. That's a powerful song. But it needs to become more than words. When you ask, be careful what you ask for. Just want to give you a heads up. It's incredible where God will take you. And so we can make this declaration. God asks a small request to bestow a greater gift. I, I talked, uh, uh, our, our first day together, I talked about Moses. Why was it that Moses died short of the promised land? The day God told him he wouldn't enter the promised land, God asked him to speak to the rock and he struck it. Can I just tell you this? The Bible says the little foxes spoil the vine. There may be a little thing in your mind that God's asking you, but it's going to be a key that will unlock the door to intimacy with him. You see, one of the reasons Moses had always struck the rock, but back in Exodus chapter uh, 4 and 5, God asked Moses to lead the Israelites five times. Five times he said no. And you know the reason that he said he couldn't lead the Israelites? Because he stuttered. He had some kind of speech impediment. And so that was in Exodus 5. But in Numbers, I believe it's chapter 19, God says, and, and the people were murmuring, listen, I want you to catch this. This is very significant. Listen, God says, all right, the, the people were murmuring and they needed water. Moses had, all, had always struck the rock. And you'll find that when you come to seek God, you'll revert to some old ways. Folks, God wants to do some new things. And so you may always have struck the rock, and if God asks you to speak the rock, I'm telling you there's significance in what he's saying. And the fear of God is, I will do what he's asking me to do. 
And so God was attempting to father him. It didn't work in Exodus 5. And so he's now in Numbers chapter 19. And Moses said, I'm afraid to talk in front of all these people. And God said, okay, let's go to the boot camp. So you're, you're afraid to speak to all the people? Come over here and let's start with speaking to a rock. So God said, now, I want to show you that power isn't in your staff and isn't in you. It's in me. And the Bible says in his anger, he struck the rock. Now the grace of God, water came out. But the very next verse, God said to him, because you did not trust me and honor me as holy. You see, when we, when we understand the fear of God, we understand obedience. You will not understand obedience until you understand the fear of God, the awe of God. Oh, that was good. Somebody write that down. I've got to put that. This is what I want to show you. Moses' issue was not his speech. His issue was submission. Don't go quiet on me. (laughs) He never learned to give his heart to Father God. He had great experiences on on the mountain. His face glowed. They had to cover his face. But as we shared this weekend, God wants you to have intimacy with him so that when he asks for a small thing, I'm telling you there's significance. When God says to speak to the rock, Listen to his voice. Listen to what he's saying. Because the key to successful intimacy and the key to your devotional life is to be able to stand before him in your devotions tomorrow and be in right standing with him. If he's asked you to do something, you've done it. And I'll tell you, you will walk through the day no matter what your age is under the anointing and power of Holy Spirit. Where we have failed, I believe, uh, as charismatics and Pentecostals, we have emphasized the speaking in tongues, but the next day we have not emphasized that you need to keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. When you keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, you're going to have love and joy and peace and gentleness and goodness and meekness and faith and long-suffering and self-control. We are, we are no different than going to Jacob's well if we've received the infilling of the Holy Spirit and we are a miserable, wretched Christian. I love these weekends. Blow in, blow up, and blow out. <laughs> but hear me tonight. We've got to become, if we are filled with the Spirit, we will attract people. They will want to ask you the question, what do you have? God, help me to do the little things because they are significant. And so, in this situation, we're going to have to ask We're going to have to look beyond your resources. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with. The well is deep. Where can you get this living water? And and you see, here's the struggle we have. We have this paradigm. We, we, We have this understanding. So we look, God, how are you going to do this? So we get so hung up on how he is going to do it. 
that we fail to receive. And so we must stop asking how and simply trust him. Number six, what I like about the fact that I don't have a handout is you don't know how many points I have. (laughs) Number six, God wants us to renew our mind. Look at verse 12. Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it as did his sons and his livestock. You see, Jacob was the paradigm. He, was, he set the bar. But I'm telling you, when Jesus comes along, he shifts everything. And so we look at this, and there's got to come a renewing of our mind. Are you greater than our father Jacob? who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and herds. Next point. Expect a miracle. Jesus said to her, everyone drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never Be thirsty again. I've looked for a lot of things to satisfy my life. But I understand now that it's found in being abandoned to him. I'm here to report that there is living water. I'm here to report that the living water is very real. Next point, be ready For a process. Verse 14, if you're following along. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Can I make this suggestion? If you want to change your life, start sowing different seed. What you sow today, you will reap tomorrow. What you sow today, you will reap next week. This is a true principle of the scripture. But it's going to be a process. It's not just going to be kind of an an instant situation that begins to happen. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him. So this is a journey. This is a relationship with God. And we have some seasoned Christians here that can stand and testify that they can say, I've never seen the righteous forsaken and I've never seen his seed begging bread. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, there's going to be some challenges. There's going to be a journey. There's going to be a process. But it will become in us springs of living water. Number nine, get thirsty. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. What's so beautiful in this story is that her heart's starting to shift. Do you know that some people sit in church for years and years and decades and their heart never shifts? 
But what's beautiful about this woman, she comes as a religious person and Jesus begins to speak truth and something starts to change. I'm telling you that if we're going to be a a spirit-led and spirit-driven church, we have got to have a relationship with God that things change week by week and day by day. And what you've got to do is you've got to get thirsty and you've got to get hungry. You've got to want it more than anything else. And I love, she says, okay. She starts to get it. And as I've shared before, I've sat with people and shared my testimony, and I've just heard them say, well, that's very nice, and, and, and everything's tickety-boo, and away we go. And I said, yep. But oh, I've sat with some people that when you share the word, their heart starts to change. I've sat with people at Tim Hortons and restaurants and Holy Spirit. Do you know that Holy Spirit can actually come into a booth at Tim Hortons? We can have church anywhere because we are the church. But we have to get thirsty once again. We have to understand, yes, this is a process. And Holy Spirit will change our hearts. And so when when we read this in verse 15, I want you to notice something. It says, give me this water. And when you study this word in the original, it means to yield. And it also means to commit to an adventure. Some of us haven't been on a spiritual adventure in decades. But when we yield, when we say, give me this water, and I just want to let you know up front, you're going to go on an adventure. Oh, really? Yeah. That's the God we serve. His mercies are new every morning. There's some fresh things that he wants to whisper into your heart tomorrow. And if, and if you're having, struggling hearing, your, hearing his voice, I want you to know once you become abandoned to God and your, 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 your soul is submitted to Holy Spirit, he's going to start to speak to you. Because you see what happens is when our soul rules our spirit, he's got to try to talk through the soul and he doesn't get through. But when we're submitted to Holy Spirit, he speaks to our spirit. So when we're in alignment with him and we abide, the fruit of the spirit comes. So when she said, give me this water, she was saying, I'm ready to yield. I'm ready to commit I'm ready to go on an adventure. And here's here's where it gets really interesting. Get ready for the cost. Look at verse 16. So everything is cool. Jesus is reaching her spirit. Her heart is changing. And then, wow. He makes a statement. Watch. He says, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come back. Hmm. 
Verse 17, the woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The reason we stay in love with Jacob's well is Jacob's well never talks to us. The reason we love religious spirit is we can do a snow job on everyone. You know, Jesus talked about the the self-righteous Pharisees with their robes. They would go through the marketplace. And I have, if anything gets me riled up, it's religious spirit. You say, what's religious spirit? I have my own definition. The book doesn't match the cover. That was worth coming to church for right there. We have got to have authenticity. Success is when there's no distance between what you say you are and what you are. And so when we look at this, if you're going to go on this journey of pursuing God, get ready. As I've said before, he's going to put his finger on your stuff. But you know what? A true son and a true daughter says, I welcome that. Because when I can get rid of my stuff, then I can become who God says that I am. Just about finished. Number 11. Boy, there's a lot of points here. Number 11. Embrace the prophetic. (laughs) I love that. Little bit of comic here. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. That's the thing about getting into the presence of God. The prophetic begins to be loosed. I remember... When I was first introduced, one of the first prophets that I met, he read my mail. It scared the bejeebers, whatever that is, I don't know what that is. But I began to recognize and I, I began to be introduced to the, to the prophetic that begins to uncover and unleash the power of God. And it isn't so that we're filled with shame. It's so that we're filled with freedom to become who God says we are. So when we step out of religious spirit, and stop performing on a Sunday and stop performing in the flowing robes and all that goofiness, we can just become real. We realize we no longer want Jacob's well. We want the living water. And so as we, as we close, we need to investigate our paradigm. Or investigate our box. Look at verse 20. 
Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is a place where people ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and the truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. And so they worshiped this area. To them it was holy ground. But Jesus makes a declaration that we are to be called true worshipers no matter where we are. You don't have to go to some old spot. You can be in Tim Hortons or you can be in Krabby Joe. I was, I've been introduced to Krabby Joe's. That's the, that's the, uh, the, the pastoral office now. It, it's, that's where you go if you want, want counseling. God's presence can be there because God wants us to get outside of our box. If you're here tonight, parents, culture, generations have built your box. God wants to break you from that. As I close, let me leave you with this. As I have to say, for the last 17 years, it'll be 18 years this spring, I have lived outside the box. Really. It's been awesome. The sad thing is I needed somebody, because I, I got to tell you this real, real, when, you, when you're old, you like to tell stories. Um, but I remember as a teenager at my father's church in Sarnia, we had one of those Holy Spirit services. There was a bunch of us as teenagers, and I thank God for the young people that are here tonight. They blessed me as I've watched them worship. But I remember that Sunday afternoon that we just, we prayed all afternoon at the altar when, when, when teenagers don't go to McDonald's for burgers and fries and milkshake, you know that it's God. So we were there and praying. And I believe that that was the moment that God called me into the ministry. But I remember getting up from that, that place and there was no one there. And there was no one to mentor me and say, what was God saying to you? Like we were there for a couple of hours. Come on, that's supernatural for teenagers. My goodness. But no one ever came. Folks, find a Barnabas and find a Timothy and go and make disciples. Understand. And it's a sad report that it's just been when I was in my 50s that I found out and broke through my wall. God wants us to be more effective than that. So, outside the box, we'll produce three things. Number one, you'll have a testimony. Look at verse 39. And I'm closing now, honest. I really, I love to close. Watch. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony because what she said is he told me everything I did. We don't need a testimony of what God did 50 years ago. 
We need a testimony of what he did yesterday, what he's doing in your week. Everyone this week needs to be so filled with God from this weekend that you share it with a, with a pre-Christian. People aren't unsaved, they're just pre-Christians. I'm excited that people are getting saved in your church. I'm excited of the spiritual momentum that's here in this house, and and, and God's going to help you pastor that. Just continue to share your testimony. So the first thing that happened was she shared her testimony. The second thing was there was an abundant harvest, and because of his words, many more became believers. One of the fruits from, fruit from this weekend needs to be that there, were, that there will be many more believers. And number three, there came an authenticity or there came a reality. And I love this verse as we close. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. Does not get any better than that. I want us to stand together, worship team, if you'll come. Is it possible to sing that song? You can have it all. Since I was so kind to you all weekend. (laughs) There's just been such an anointing this weekend. Again, I just want to emphasize Thank you to those who have been faithful in prayer. Thank you for your attendance. Thank you, Pastor, for the invitation. I just thoroughly enjoyed being here. Father, it's our heart's cry to live in full submission to you, that you can have it all. You can have all of our heart every day of our lives. Because, Father, in that is where our true intimacy is with you. When we walk in that submission and obedience to you, help us, Lord, to every day proclaim and mean that you can have it all. Thank you for this wonderful weekend together we thank you holy spirit for what you said to us and spoken to us now lord let it not just be a weekend let it be a lifetime we hang on to it we plant it in our hearts in your name we pray amen amen can we just give pastor robert a hand and just appreciation for his ministry to us truly honored and blessed Truly honored and blessed. Thank you. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you, and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 